one. All right, podcast episode one. Um, I'm Matthew here with my friend Austin, and we're going to talk about our opinions on uh, current state of like machine learning and like self driving and stuff. Should I just put the phone in like the middle? Yeah. Uh, just a couple of dumbasses. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, where should we start? Like, <laughs> okay, this is hard. But okay, so like, this is what... a very nebulous topic. <laughs> well, we'll switch today. We'll switch today. So, like, one thing that we usually talk about, right, is how people kind of overrate like the current state of like self driving. Yeah, people think it's gonna happen by the end of the year. <laughs> Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. So, like, people, a lot of people think that it's just this technology that's, like, basically almost arrived, but it's probably, like, a way harder problem. Well, people like people like... think that it's, like, it's, like, consciousness, pretty much. Like, it's yeah. the brain. Yeah. I mean, that's something that Elon Musk says all the time, is, like, when he talks about how, like, the, his rationale why Tesla will be able to complete self-driving is that oh, well, we're able to make the brain and neural networks and our brain is able to process visual information, help us drive. So therefore, we should be able yeah. to complete this. Yeah. When Which like is not true. Yeah. When like at in, all. Yeah. yeah. When like in reality, like the current state of what's happening is just not like, not even close to there. Um, and like, yeah, so like I live in San Francisco, right? And we see like the self-driving cars going around all the time, but they just have like human drivers next to them. I don't know, I just, I just feel like if they're, if they're, like, still, still testing it, and like, still going, and it's been, like, what, like, how many years? Like, what, like what, what technology do they not have now that is, like, going to make it work? I mean, like, LiDAR's so, a big thing. Yeah. It's what Teslas don't have. Yeah. And it's, like, it's still That's even right. a big problem with LiDAR and radar and vision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just such a, like, much harder problem than, like, people seem to expect but and especially if you're tesla and you just literally have cameras and you don't even use yeah. like lidar or anything. didn't they like start putting like lidar they started with radar on some okay. of their first yeah. versions of the model s i'm not sure about model 3 maybe they included on some of the early ones in model 3 but they basically they don't have radar on any of their vehicles anymore it's all completely eo vision yeah now so then, like, with that, you can only literally just, like, use whatever computer vision and, like, what the cameras see, and you can't actually, like, yeah. automatically tell, like, how far away stuff is or any kind of, Depth like... perception of bad. It's also just, like, how you... It's got to react to every single possible situation. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, even if you do model the world, like, correctly, the idea of, like, taking the correct action is just, like, so And it's, like, it's hard. Kind of, have you been in a Tesla yeah. and... Have you looked at the screen? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. the yeah. thing where they try yeah. to like model, and it's like not right at all. It's not yeah, it's right. Not like, anywhere. It's not but like people here. think it's cool, so I feel like people just give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but it's so you know, wrong. but it's like it's so yeah. wrong. Yeah. So exactly. So here we are. And and like, it's just like yeah. not. You like see it just not seeing stuff like all the time, or like placing it in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. Okay, so that's like Tesla. What about like? Uh, who who else is like self driving? There's like Cruise, Google, Waymo. It's definitely the heavy hitters. Yeah, but it's so like Cruise. They're they're aren't they doing something more where they're just like trying to map out basically every single like street and lane in like San Francisco very detailed and then so, like yeah. trying on that. So that like seems a little more plausible, but yeah, just like from 
from also like a safety perspective, just eliminating like all the crazy things that can happen. I mean, that's just another huge consideration is what yeah. company is actually crazy enough to take on all of this liability and say, yeah. we have self-driving now. Yeah, yeah. Tesla is bold enough to say we have self-driving and yeah. then to slyly do really like shitty stuff to try and get you fucked over if it crashes. Oh, Because like they're doing stuff now, uh, people found out that like buried in the user agreement, like you're agreeing now to like whenever you use their autopilot mode, you know, almost full self-driving, you know, whatever they say, even though it's like a level three system, not even level three. Uh, it records you and everything around the car the entire time. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the important thing about recording you, because what, you know, they're pretty much trying to do is that if it crashes, right, then they're going to try to blame it on you. They're trying going to try to use that footage to blame it on you. Oh, God. Yeah, like, that's, okay, that's another story that, like, there's been the high-profile, like, self-driving crashes, like, with Uber and also with Tesla. This is just what I'm remembering from, like, a few years ago. Yeah. But, like, the one with Uber... Like, what happened? Like, they... There was the... Is this the one in Arizona you're talking about? Uh, I don't remember. The, the one where, like, they, like, hit the pedestrian. Yeah. And this is a couple was, years ago, so... It was like, Arizona, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, like... In the pedi- pedestrian so like, at night in yeah. Phoenix or something. So, like, what ha- Like, yeah. So, like, people think it's... Basically, like, there's this story you hear about, like, self-driving now, that it's, like, this super safe, like, super great working thing, and it's just a matter, oh, the government, like, doesn't make it... Doesn't allow it. And oh, if they would just like be more accepting, it would be safer. That's just like not, yeah, not necessarily the case at all. I mean, there's definitely like an argument to be had where it's like, oh, well, we shouldn't like criticize this stuff as much because like, yeah. okay, people do get in crashes, and like, yeah. if this stuff works somewhat well, it should reduce. It should reduce the amount of crashes, right? Even though there will still be some crashes, you know. Yeah. Just like the media since sensationalizing like oh look at the self-driving cars crashing look at this car blowing up but yeah so that that is a good point but it's just when you like look at the details of some of the crashes and just like the standards that were in place it's yeah really it's also weird. it goes the other way too yeah it's like it's, it's it's not as good as people like to think it is yeah yeah so like like with with the uber crash for example like definitely not what elon musk wants you to believe it's like yeah where it's just like perfectly yeah Working and then, yeah. But so, like, with the Uber crash, the, um, wasn't it, like, the car was just, basically, it was just, like, super shitty and, like, not, like, working. And so they had to turn off the, uh, the emergency brake because it was just, it was just, like, triggering way, way too much and just always braking all the time, which is, like, still a huge problem with self-driving cars is because... They're really cautious. Yeah, you have to make it, like, super cautious because, like... You know, like, what error do you want to make? Do you want to accidentally fuck up and, and kill someone? Or do you want to, like, accidentally break? <laughs> yeah. And right now they're, like, bad at telling whether or not they should break or not. So they end up breaking too much. Yeah. So you're just, like, the experience, which is, like, driving around yeah. this car that's, like, constantly, like, you know, it sees, like, a pigeon, like, 100 meters ahead. It's like, shit, like, I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> let's not kill it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like another great example for, like, how when you try to, like, make an algorithm to model, like, something as complex as driving, like, it kind of breaks down is, like, in order to find people that were, like, worthy of using the the beta autopilot or whatever the hell Tesla's calling that thing, uh-huh. they, uh, they had, like, an algorithm watching how you drive and judging you. 
but based off <laughs> people that I talked to, you know, that were trying to get into that program, they said it was like, you would have to drive really cautious and maybe even put yourself in situations that weren't like the best and maybe the safest for you at the time, just because of how the algorithm was judging you. Because the algorithm isn't, isn't perfect, right? Wait, what do you mean like the safest? Like, like slowing down in certain ways. Oh, uh, okay. That, <laughs> yeah, like... That maybe, like, put you in danger of getting hit from the person behind oh, you God. more than, like... Like, you're, you know, like, you know when you're driving that you're more in control. And it's like, you know, you can maybe get to this thing closer in front of you than, like, you know... Yeah. Like, somebody really... I mean, depending on, depending on who's driving, but... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 like, the... Yeah, or, like, stopping for, like, ten seconds at, like, a stop sign or, like, whatever. Yeah. So... Yeah, and, like, that'll be, like, a total, like, feedback loop and stuff, so... Yeah. Well, it's also, like, a good example is, like, speeding on the freeway is, like, mm-hmm. at least in, like, most of California, that's, like, very yeah. common, right? And if you're not speeding, then you're, like, you could be going under the speed limit in such a way that you're actually, like, a danger on the road, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, which yeah. I, I do, but, uh, yeah. But, so... <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm fun being a danger. Uh, you know, I try not to, but, like, okay, but so, yeah, so overall, like, upon self-driving, like, it, it, it just, I just, like, wanted to have this topic because so many of my other friends just think that it's just this thing that's, like, right around the corner, that, oh, we, we have it all figured out, it's all working, it's just, oh, it needs to, people need to accept it, and yeah. it's just, it's really not the case with the technology, like, it's, okay, you can do, okay, lane tracking on the freeway, yeah, but you know is it is it but but in terms of just like driving around in like all situations like definitely not i mean okay maybe it's 99 percent working <laughs> but like i think it's a really nice adaptive cruise control yeah yeah so it's, it's like a step above adaptive cruise control it's adaptive cruise control that can change lanes that's what it is yeah i mean which is like it's super cool it's super cool but it's like this idea of like level five pure self-driving yeah and then it's also like once it gets there like it's going to, like, this is the, like, George Hotz was, like, making this point. It's, like, it's going to be much slower than you are as a driver. Because it has to be this, like, overly cautious thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So so even if you have this, like, Uber service that's, like, self-driving, it's cheaper. But it's going to be, like, way slower than your human driver who's, like, you know, going a little faster yeah. or weaving or that kind of thing. So it's, like, not, it's not even clear that it's, like, this thing that's going to be this great, like, business model. It's, like, how does it, there's going to be a lot of growing pains in that transition. This yeah. is going to take a while. Even mm-hmm. beyond the, let's, we have to develop it to get to this point that it's even, like, good enough to be called level five autonomy. Yeah. Which we're nowhere close to. Yeah. So it's something that's, it's, yeah, we're just trying to say that it's, like, very, it's far away, like, decades away, probably. Tesla can't even get their cars to self-drive through tunnels. <laughs> really? <laughs> through the boring, yeah, oh through God. the boring tunnels. Yeah. Like, the boring company tunnels. Yeah. Because they were there, you know, they're, Elon Musk is doing that thing, too, you know. But uh, they, you know, they originally wanted the cars to go on tracks, right? Mm-hmm. But then they yeah. got rid of the tracks oh, because it was too, it was too bumpy, right? So then they decided, okay, we'll just drive the cars through the tunnel, which is like even worse of an idea. Yeah. And like, but we'll use self-driving to do it, and they couldn't do that. And they're just like, okay, oh we'll my god, drive it through the tunnel. Oh <laughs> they just yeah. had people driving the cars through the tunnels at yeah. like twenty-five miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. so. Like, all, yeah, also so. And I think this whole thing just gets the the overtrust of like self driving is also just a wider point about people just overtrusting like machine learning in general, where they think that it's this thing that's just so spotter- box. Yeah, 
where they think it's just like so like smart and will will be able, you know is able to solve all these complex problems yeah and that's it's really not the case like you can do a lot of really cool stuff but you know it's just kind of doing like pattern recognition prediction it's fundamentally what it is right now at the end of the day is it's good at figuring out patterns yeah just based on like the past like data yeah. and stuff but yeah That also goes to another very interesting topic, though, is you kind of bring, bring like machine learning into the medical space. Like, how do you, how do you prove that for like all possible cases, like it's going to work well, or like mm-hmm. it's you know how do you how do you explain to a doctor how it works and yeah. what it's like, the pros and cons of using this approach are, and if you're using deep learning right as everybody's trying to do right now because everybody's trying to throw deep learning at everything like yeah. deep learning models are like inherently just really hard to explain how they work i mean not necessarily now yeah there's i mean there's a lot of stuff going into like showing all the layers but like yeah. it's not as ex- still not as explainable as like a you know like a support vector machine or like just doing linear regression right yeah i guess i feel like explainability is sort of or or like uh understanding is like kind of overrated as this like criticism of like deep learning people that's fair i think it's just when people are super used to like decision trees then they're like oh i can't like see what it's but i feel like there's like more there, there's more stuff you, i like, feel like do. you might be saying that from like a developer's perspective though like, yeah i feel like there's a level of where you need that stuff to explain the limitations and the strengths of like this model that you're providing as like a product for yeah. certain for certain applications like that where it's really important yeah. that the that at least at like some level like the doctor understands what this model is capable of and what it can and can't do mm-hmm. and how they need to you know make informed decisions based off those results and the data yeah. that's like put into it yeah and it's also just like you can have whatever model, but it all just depends on whatever data it was trained on. So if you're training it on data of a different population of people, <laughs> then like, which is literally always going to be the case, right? Because you're, uh, you know, if you're training it on like stool samples or something, just like <laughs> some random example, you're the, the population of your training data, like you're not going to get a random sample of like the future population that you're going to like actually deploy it on. Yeah. So that's just some, this giant problem that literally always happens with like, every single machine learning deployed thing is that your your uh, deployment, like you have this domain shift between deployment and your training data. Yeah. And it can be a larger or smaller problem, but like it's literally always going to be the case. Like self-driving, right? If you're, okay, you have all this training data in San Francisco for San Francisco driving. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What about go to... It's going like, to learn some inherent biases about the data from San Francisco. Yeah. If you go to a different country, like, oh, it's it's different. And it's like... It's going to be different in ways yeah. that it's, it's... I mean, you forget going to a different country. It's like, okay, yeah. if you're in San Francisco, the, the streets are very narrow and stuff. You know, maybe a lot of hills. Maybe there's some problem with, you know, extrapolating out to a uh, Midwestern city where it's, like, super flat. Yeah, or more like the other way. If, if they just train on Midwest and then you go to, like, hills, it, like, doesn't yeah. have to do. But there's going to be something, a new place, that it's not going to know how to do from, from like, before. So yeah. it's just this, like, sort of... Huge data yeah. trap. Yeah, you're going to see something different, or I don't know, maybe the lanes are slightly wider, or like something. Yeah. But I mean, maybe not that one. But yeah, like you, you're you're always going to see. Like, like the point is that these like 
neural networks are just very brittle. Like they can't, if there's any sort of domain shift at all, they just like can't adapt. Which like there's that, mm. do you ever see that paper with like the, this it's kind of interesting where the, they like try and get more like ImageNet images. So, or maybe we should explain like what ImageNet is. Explain it. Yeah. So, okay, so co- computer vision and like deep learning, like for the past, I don't know, since five years, whatever, I don't, I don't know, like the benchmark data set has been this data set called ImageNet, which is just how, how many images it have. It's this gigantic like mm-hmm. data set of pictures, like mostly of like dogs and just di- yeah. different types of things with labels of like what it is. So it's like the dog and then like the dog species or like a car this is a car and not a dog or like yeah. this is like a penguin or something. I, I don't really know, but it's this exact data set that is basically used in academia to develop like neural networks and models and like tell which one is better or worse. But the problem is what they do in academia is they, to validate their models, they literally just say, all right, we're going to take the test set, which is a random sample of the, tr- of the training data. Yeah. They just take a random sample and they say, okay, this is this performance. So there's of no the image net data set. Yeah. yeah. So in academia, they literally never there's ever no domain shift. Yeah. There's never any domain shift. It's always the exact same thing is which is literally like, that's the biggest problem that you have in the real world is domain is, you know, usually like data and yeah. domain shift. So they're like, okay, if we have a lot of data already and there's no domain shift, wow, this works really well. But it's like, okay, what if you, what if it's the real world? You don't have that. It also makes the research in academia immediately not yeah. seem as applicable. Yeah. Like, you can't trust it as much. Oh, yeah, not all. So, like, but, so this, this, like, paper that they did is they're like, okay, let's try and, try as hard as we can to collect new images that are as similar as possible to the ImageNet distribution, right? So, like, the exact same process, because it, it, it's, mm-hmm. like, from Flickr, the same rules, whatever, they, like, tried as hard as they could, and the performance of all of these, like, top computer vision models just like goes to shit like on these new images that are like exactly the same like if you look at them i think it's like they look like image images it's like the same exact type of thing but it's just because there's some small domain shift somewhere that like doesn't quite work out yeah yeah and maybe this is all out of some kind of bias in that data set and like maybe this maybe this out of date and there's like updates on that paper or whatever where they've gotten to work better or something but point being is that this is just this like giant problem with machine learning that like people just don't really know about or take into account in academia it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's just like domain shift between training and like inference have you heard about nvidia's omniverse no i've not that is from what i understand that seems like a whole like computer graphics pipeline that mm-hmm. nvidia is trying to develop for simulating like real just things in the real world mm-hmm. with computer graphics to try and make synthetic data for mm-hmm. all different kinds of situations to, I guess, help and try to make, you know, data sets more diverse. So hopefully when you do that domain shift, uh, it's, you know, your model's already better at generalizing. Yeah, that's super cool. And that's like, um, Waymo would do that for self-driving too. Like they would make yeah. like simulated worlds where like the car is going around and stuff. But like, that it's the thing with the like domain shift. It's like, no matter how well you simulate it, it's going to be like slightly different. Some... Yeah. It's like a constant race of, like, having to make this better and better. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do that forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, you're not, like, you're not really going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's also, just back to the, um, back to the topic of people thinking that machine learning is, like, this black box that's ready to tackle all these problems in society. 
this is like I feel like it's not really like the general public's fault. I feel like it's mm-hmm. you know it's like Silicon Valley and like everybody in tech's kind of fault for just being like, well, we want money, so we're gonna sell it this way to get the money. Uh huh. Like yeah. the hype. Yeah. Basically, creating the hype around it. Uh huh. Get you the think money. So? Get the venture capitalists who, like. You know, they're not dumb, but they still oh, know yeah, enough yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah. Or start up with AI and ML, and it's working yeah. great, yeah. Let's throw all the buzzwords in there. Oh, that's a cool idea. You yeah. should be able to do that. It seems like everybody else is doing a bunch of machine learning stuff. We'll give them money. Yeah, okay, I get that. And all, But also, like, I mean, there have been amazing advancements with, like, AI <laughs> that have been way more than, like, we expected, right? Like, open everything from open AI, you know? yeah. Well, it's not like this stuff is useless, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's super. Like, there's I mean, a reason why we work yeah. in this industry because yeah. we do believe in it. At the end of the day, so like, so like voice recognition, you know, like Siri, and then and then on that, it's just gotten like so much better. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have like um, language models, you know, GPT three is just like mind blowing. So like those are both kind of the same type of thing. They're like the transformer. It, yeah. It's and then just scaling it up, and it gets like way way better. Computer vision is also like super super cool, and it like does it does really well and stuff, mm-hmm. and like face recognition and stuff so like there's a lot of awesome successes from this but it's also a great example of uh of like problems with your data set right yeah but the and then also Facial just recognition oh yeah exactly but then also just like anytime you're in the real world actually deploying like a real engineering system using it it's just it's not quite at the reliability where it's like really going to work yeah <laughs> which people just don't really get that for like self-driving it's like literally just like such a hard problem yeah and there's also this issue now of, like, sparsity, right? Because they just have to eliminate these, like, very rare accidents. You know, they're trying to get from 99.9 to 99.99. Mm-hmm. So, like, you see these these cars, you know, always driving around San Francisco collecting data. And I guess what they're really doing is just driving around for hours and hours and hours trying to, like, train for that, like, one, like, random, like, accident. Should we take it? We, we, okay, we can resume later. We will take it. So... Okay, yeah, so we just had a short uh, intermission break, but we were back. So I was talking about, uh, like, data sparsity with self-driving car, like, testing. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know, like, I don't actually know if this is right at all, but my guess is what they're doing when they're driving around San Francisco, like, all day, every day, is they're doing, like, A-B tests. So they have probably some metric, like, number of driver interventions is probably what it is. Uh-huh. And they are uh, have some new version of their algorithm. And they want to actually test if it improves the number of driver interventions. So they have to, like, do a randomized control trial between their different cars or maybe different times with yeah, the same car. That's why they have so many out there. Yeah, so they have so many out there, like, driving around a chillo- and they're And they're trying to, like, pick up those data points, these inter- driver interventions, which might be, like, very, like, rare. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> um, so... Or... But yeah, so, this, so these like driver interventions are, um, so basically you just have to take like a ton of data to get to like confidently say whether one version is better than the other or not. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why progress is just kind of like so slow with it. Cause they probably just have to run these. Yeah. Tests. It's always, it's always a shot in the dark. Yeah. It's always like you have to try things and you really don't know if it's actually going to improve things or not. Yeah. It's like the entire name of the game with like machine learning is it always seems like people it's like just try things and then figure out the rationale to explain why it works later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I got okay, so I don't want to be like too pessimistic here. Like we're just trying to call out sort of like the overall like excesses of it. Yeah. But like 
Yeah, besides that, it's like pretty good. But. It's important to understand that they're not they're not perfect. Yeah, but like there are like really really cool interesting advancements, but it's just like some of the hype that like people talk about or or like AI. Becoming, I believe that it's eventually going to get there and achieve all these things that we wanted to achieve. It's just going mm-hmm. to take much longer. Yeah, than exactly. People. Like these problems are much harder. Neural networks are not like the human brain. <laughs> like, and hey, you know, maybe it's also going to take less time than we think it's going to, but it's yeah. certainly going to take way longer than <laughs> than uh, people think it's going to. And Elon Musk wants you. To <laughs> okay, so we should make we should make like concrete predictions so that we can like see how wrong we are and like make fun of ourselves. So, what do we think is the chance? Okay, so I think, yeah, it seems like my friend, like other people, seem like think that like self driving cars, twenty twenty five, like they'll be here. You can you you can buy. A self so what what year would, would you say you can buy a fully level five self-driving car like that's a great question. no steering wheel like you just drive it around like what i feel hey we're recording Sorry. a podcast yeah we're recording a podcast on machine learning no you're fine we're it's part of our charm is we're extremely unedited yeah am i gonna be in this podcast you can join yeah. yes you can say Welcome. this is my uh housemate chris like and subscribe to like Chris and subscribe. Gullickson YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, he has a YouTube channel? He's an no, environmental engineer. Oh, okay. What's the podcast called? Oh, what we you? don't have a name yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. <laughs> Stop ruining it. Maybe we should. No, no, no. It's not ruining it. It's making it better. <laughs> okay, see you. See you, Chris. All right, just minor uh, unedited interruption there. Maybe we'll edit. Probably not. I don't want to edit. I don't know how to edit. I'm too lazy to do that Yeah. Right now. Okay. Just watch on double speed, and then, like, it all goes by faster. So, uh, okay, so, what were we talking about? We were talking about our predictions. Okay, yeah, so. When you would be able to buy, like, a fully level 5 autonomous self-driving car from a, from a car dealership or whatever, directly from the manufacturer. I feel like... That's hard to say. That's so hard to it's say. It's so hard. Well, because it's not only the machine learning, right? Yeah. There's other There's other factors to that question with, like, like a big thing is LiDAR, how accessible and, like, bringing down the cost of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, also, like, liability from companies who take some responsibility, how willing people are to maybe take responsibility for, like, the actions of a system they're, like, buying makes or, like... What insurance companies think of these things. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many different factors. That makes me think it's more like a 30-year thing, at least. Yeah. So like, I would probably think, like, yeah, 30 years, 40 years. Um, and then, so in terms of, like, near-term, like, so 20, another way to make predictions. So, like, 2025, what do you think the probability is that you have... Wait, what even is L4 autonomous? Just, like, almost perfect? <laughs> I... Do not know. Okay, yeah, know either. yeah, we should probably... I don't uh, know the exact... I know I've looked them up before, but I don't remember the exact levels. I just know that level two is basically adaptive to cruise control. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun part of the podcast, right? You can just sort of, like, talk about stuff that you, like, don't really know much about and, like, no one can stop <laughs> Isn't them. So. That what they all do? <laughs> I mean, if Joe Rogan could do it. Okay, so, okay, so um, that was good. But, uh, if Joe Rogan could do it, we can do it, too. Here we are. Okay, so probably 2025, I would say, like, no way in hell, like, 0% chance you, you yeah, see this, I like, full. And if that, like, I mean, you know, maybe we'll just be extremely surprised. And that'd be so cool. maybe by then we actually have level 3. 
And then 2030, I would say, oh, well, I says 2021. So that's nine years. What was nine years ago? 2012. So stuff has come a long way since then, but I still don't think it's quite there. So I'd probably say maybe 20% chance that, that we see it in 2030. Yeah. Wow. It's like come a long way, like from the perspective of like coming from understanding how hard this stuff is. Yeah. But not that far from like the grand vision of what exactly we want the this thing is to be because at the end of the day really all it is right now is an adaptive cruise control with lane changing <laughs> which like is great like we love to have it but especially if you use a bad driver but actually maybe not but uh so another topic also with like limitations of machine learning is just like the scale so it's just like hard to comprehend like how awesome the human brain is and how much computation power it has like mm. so if you look at like the sizes of these neural networks over time, they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So if you look at like GPT one, two, three, and then four, like they're making these things better. It's the same like transformer based model. They're just making it bigger, stacking a lot more, a lot wider and feeding it like a ton more data and it gets way, way better. And it's like pretty cool, but you get diminishing returns, right? Yeah. And guess what? Like Moore's law sort of seems to be slowing down, you know, parallel training and that kind of stuff gets hard yeah and there's only so much text on the internet which is a crazy limitation but like at some point you run out of comp- computation power and you run out of uh like data it's but like it's so many weights yeah so like the current like computation power that we have is way 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 weaker than like a human brain like i don't, I don't remember how many connections like the human brain has mm-hmm. but it's just like so much more than than like what you have on like a fleet of GPUs or something, which, yeah. yeah, which like we think of computers being like, oh, a computer can do math way faster than us, and like, yeah, okay, it can like multiply numbers way faster than you can, but the stuff your brain is doing is just crazy complicated. It's also like we don't understand the architecture of the brain. Yeah, when we yeah we literally have no idea like how like thoughts happen. Like there's no like understanding, which is crazy. A little, a little side tangent. Yeah, and it almost goes to the metaverse where it's like everybody's talking about the metaverse is the whole new new thing and it's like okay there's so many like technical challenges yeah it's about even just the challenge of us understanding how the brain works yeah exactly exactly. Like, just yeah. like trying to immerse people in this world like we're gonna have to understand how the brain works and like just trick everybody into like thinking that they're in this world yeah like, that's such like a tall task it's, yeah okay. there's no time soon yeah and it's like it's yeah i mean it's really cool. like i don't know we don't mean to like shut on it too much because it's like it's really cool that there's all these like grand visions and stuff but self-driving in terms of its sort of return to humanity in terms of like live save and stuff it's great but compared to like the amount of effort it just doesn't really seem to be as worth it as people like think Mm -hmm. yeah and i would almost prefer that like it seems like an easier problem to solve would just be all like the crazy like zoning issues that like we're in la right now right and then you know you just have these like you're so like car dependent because of the way the city's laid out and build if you could, some trains instead. Yeah, or or just make like just build it so that it's more like Europe, a European city or something where yeah. it's just like so walkable, and then you don't need to just drive everywhere. Like why? Like why is that not like the better solution than like oh just have your drive yourself? <laughs> you know, like what if you could just like bike for twenty minutes to work rather than like yeah. needing to take an hour of drive to yeah. move your two ton death machine <laughs> to work? Yeah. <laughs> but like in a, like. Crash safety has gotten literally so much better on cars, which, like, a lot of people also don't realize. 
mm-hmm. the point that like even as we're like now like texting and driving and like you know drivers are not gone any better you know there's all these issues still but like cr- yeah like the crash safety if you get in a full-on crash especially like teslas are just so safe mm-hmm. so like that is one like that is making things a lot better like you know more more than the adaptive cruise control or whatever <laughs> but I guess we are bouncing around topics a little bit, but that's okay. We are, we are. We could go to more, like, big, like, general intelligence stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who think that, like, the singularity is near, like, Elon Musk probably talks about oh. this. AI is about to take over. Yeah, don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we can go over sort of the main kind of differences that make it so that, like, we know that these neural networks, machine learning models are not at all what like the human brain is doing <laughs> and it's it's not the approach that's going to get us to like conscious or like artificial general intelligence we should we should start with like the term neural network and how it's all not right. really based on the brain okay so austin what is a what is a neural network a neural network is like inspired from like a former like understanding of what how we like kind of thought like the brain works at like a very like small level with just you know like neurons and neurons being connected together basically in a network and then having like a certain like activation threshold basically you know like binary zero or one and based on that activation you know activating the subsequent neurons in a certain way along that path right is basic like intuition behind that yeah okay i guess it's a lot to explain like verbally and stuff we can like link some like really helpful videos for understanding it um but there's also just some general like even if you just view it as a black box there's some general properties of it that just make it clear that it's very quite different from like what the human brain is doing so one of them is just the amount of like training data required we're like if you're training a the mnist you know handwritten digits data set for any like machine learning model, you need literally like ten thousand examples of each digit mm-hmm. before it can like learn accurately which digit is which. Like, t- you don't need that for your brain. Exactly. Versus, you can see something. You could see a new squiggle for the first time once, and it'll be like, okay, that's called that. These things, they literally and then need you to could be- see. You could see like one number. You know, you could see yeah. the number nine. And you can automatically see all the other numbers and be like, oh, those are probably numbers too. Yeah, yeah. We can infer in, in ways that these things, like, cannot. All these things do is just, like, I mean, Judea Pearl calls it, like, conditional probability machine or whatever, where it, like, it just makes statistical, complicated and cool, like, statistical associations between what it sees in the data and the output up, result that you give it. Yeah, it tries to update the weights, basically, yeah. corresponding to... Like, if you were talking about the vision case, like, all the weights corresponding to these certain areas in the image to pull out features from that yeah. and then make a educated guess based on its, like, predefined outputs yeah. and based it, off the features that it pulled out from that image. Yeah, and it's super cool and works better than you could do, like, coding your own classifier, right? Yeah. And it, it's able to solve these problems, like, way better than a lot of people expected, but... At no point anywhere is there any sort of actual Inferring. understanding. Yeah. yeah, it's not really understanding what yeah. it's doing, right? It's yeah. not like a it's not like a human brain that yeah. it's it understands that itself exists, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's doing this thing 
and like going that extra step of then inferring yeah. something totally new from what it's exactly. seen. Yeah. It can't do anything that's like not just from the data it's seen. And that's even true for like these super impressive like GPT-3 models where it's just the same thing, but it's just trained on literally more text than you could possibly imagine. Like how, how much training did they basically pulled like all of it yeah. on from the internet? It's like a large Every portion of it in text on the internet. Yeah. Like they like, like they could at least get like yeah. used legally. Yeah. Like, for example, like, one common text data set is, like, the entire text of Wikipedia. So just imagine how much text that is. It's just mind-boggling. And this, the, what they use for GPT-3 is just orders of magnitude more than that. Like, they basically, like, scrapes, like, text from, like, all, like, Reddit links or, yeah. like, something like that. Just, yeah. So, so, like, the amount of data that it needs to train to get to learn what it learns is, is just, like, understand like You don't yeah. do that when you're a baby, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you don't show a baby all of Wikipedia and yeah. Reddit in order for it to learn English. Yeah. So that's like one, this whole like reliance on just insanely large amounts of data is one thing that holds yeah. back the potential. Yeah. And then an, uh, another, another like reason why we know that like neural networks are not really doing the same thing that the brain is at all is this, and one other evidence point with computer vision at least is this idea of like adversarial examples or like fooling images they're called so basically if you take a a photo of like a dog right and the the classifier is able to tell okay this is a dog but then if you say like you say okay how can i change the image in the smallest possible way to fool the, the classifier so that it thinks it's like a toothbrush mm -hmm. and so what, what you would expect to see is that okay you, it, this image sort of gradually morphs from a dog to a toothbrush before it crosses over the line <laughs> and it's like okay now it looks like a toothbrush or maybe more intuitive for like people that are listening is like just dog and cat right morphing between dog and cat where's that line yeah. that it determines this is a, it's a cat versus a dog yeah but so what you actually see in practice is what it does is it literally like you can change one pixel so the image looks exactly the same and now it thinks it's a cat yeah. or now it thinks it's a toothbrush so it's it very, always it always finds those little things yeah. there's ex ways to exploit it right the image so to change it with a tiny change that it like completely fools the the neural network and like that doesn't happen with our brains right you don't like look at a a cat and then like I don't know, like a speck of dust like lands on the cat, and you're like, oh, now it's like a, a like squid, or like that. that it just, yeah. It's so a just squid. Like totally, yeah. So <laughs> these things are just like totally like brittle, in like certain yeah, in like certain ways. Yeah. There's a and something that's not really looked at a lot, like enough in academia. Uh -huh. And it kind of goes down the whole rabbit hole of oh, academia. They're just trying to push out papers so they look cool. Get their H yeah. Score up and <laughs> yeah, we could just like you know like criticize academia. That'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be but, fun too. But I mean, let's I mean, just criticize everybody today. Yeah, maybe we're just like too critical. We should just be like criticizing ourselves. This podcast, we'll get criticism in the podcast. So. Oh, I'm sure they'll just be like all oh, these idiots. I, don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, we don't really. Which is which is fair. Like we're yeah. not like experts, but yeah. But we just think like I don't know. Most of this is just talking with like other friends and then like people in general public seem to think that this technology is just also especially just talking to with people with phds that are much older than me who have been working in this industry for a yeah. while this is all what they're saying yeah it's like you 
Like, you'll be hard-pressed to find a single expert in computer vision that thinks we're getting uh, level 5 autonomy any anytime soon. Yeah. Anytime in a matter of a couple decades. Yes. And that's not to say, like, this t- technology of deep learning is absolutely, like, I think it's lived up to a lot of the hype. Like, it's exceeded my expectations by a ton with, like, GPT-3. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, it's like, wow, like, that's crazy that I can, like, get that good. And it's, like, it's so exciting to, like, live in this time where, where this, these kind of type of things are happening. Um, but, like, this idea that the, the paperclip uh, building robot evil Terminator o- overlord is, is right around the corner. It's not, not, quite, not quite right. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Not when that Terminator is not even going to be able to, like, make its way from my couch to the yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, okay, what else? What else can we talk about? <laughs> or, what were we just talking about? Right before we were talking about... Um, Data and stuff. Yeah. It's unedited, so... We'll edit out this part of post. No, we won't. Studio Magic. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> we can talk about, like, different, like, types of, like, models. I don't know, what, what all, like, what else do we usually talk about when this goes type of stuff? Like, there's, okay, what, what other applications are there? There's, like, oh, we, we can talk about, like, ethical issues. Yeah, we touched on that a little bit. Um, but like we we both think that it's like a little sometimes overrated. Yeah, a lot of the the AI. I mean, there's definitely a place for AI yeah. ethics, yeah. but I feel like a lot of it is also just a similar thing that I was talking about earlier with like academics just trying to get their <laughs> their papers out there. Yeah, get their H score up so they can get tenure and just kind of yeah. like putting things out there that aren't really helpful for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, theoretical computer science. What did I say that? Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> Let's solve Sudoku. <laughs> okay, that's Sudoku is cool. I know. Well, so Sudoku is like the basis for like <laughs> MPD hard problems. So. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, because I guess you have to do like. It's worth looking at. Okay. That's for sure. That's cool. We should get Jack in on here, and then he'll talk yeah, about we, Yeah, we should have Jack on. He's actually uh, flying in today. Oh, okay, well, podcast episode number two with, yeah. with Jack. With Jack. Special guest Jack. Yeah. But okay, so we can run down, like, AI ethics issues is, like, um, yeah, just, like, when you're deploying these things in the real world, like, facial recognition technology, it's, like, okay, well... I mean, okay, so I think the, the best book on this that I've read is... This is where we're going to get canceled. <laughs> No. The best book on this I read is, is like Weapons of Math Destruction by like um, Kathy O'Neill. And I think it's just like phenomenal. You argue and like that kind of thing. And it's like when you deploy this kind of stuff in the real world, you get like feedback loops and you get it like actually impacting people. And then but the point being is that like it's like we're saying, like people put way too much trust in this. Yeah. So you can have like a some kind of like statistical model that predicts like, for example, like teacher teacher performance. And it can just be totally wrong and totally, like, dumb. Like, basically, like, no actual predictive power. But people take it. Yeah. Kind of starts to take it at face value exactly. from the beginning. People just totally believe it. It's like, oh, it's the the AI prediction says yeah. this. Yeah. And it can just be completely it's wrong. The future. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of what we're Is that, like, if you see something saying, like, oh, the AI algorithm says this job applicant has a 85% chance. It's like... Yeah, like it's it's. Well, I guess that's what we're fundamentally trying to say: is this stuff needs to be taken as a guide or yeah. with a grain of salt rather than the answer. Just be a lot more skeptical. 
Yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens in like coming decades with like machine learning systems. You know, taking over automatic like processes and yeah, there's a lot of very you know potentially problematic like applications and it's a lot of problematic applications, but like going into the thing like taking away people's jobs with this oh yeah stuff like I feel like I mean it's definitely a huge concern. I don't think so. (laughs) I mean, I think it's definitely a concern that we need to have, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as like people make it out to be, and it's not. It's not like Andrew Yang's like, you need to do this now and just start giving everybody money because we're all yeah. about to lose our jobs. Yes. Yeah. So this idea that, that AI is about to take our jobs. And I think a big part of that is, again, going back to people expecting that like once this stuff is yeah. out there, it's got the perfect answer and everything. Right. It doesn't. Right, and it's right, like, yeah. you no, know, people, I feel like for the vast majority of these problem cases, people always need to be in the equation somewhere. This is just something to make people's lives easier. Yeah. And people need to come to it from that perspective but that's hard because of you know everything that we said with like how silicon valley and everybody likes to market it so they can get money and compete versus the other people yeah they, you know they gotta make it seem like well this is the one answer and we're gonna do all these amazing things with our model that's the other competition the competition is not gonna be able to do Right, right. So yeah, you're like you're you're saying like that a lot of this comes from like venture capital people or that's what people I people going from venture capital. Okay, that's what I think at least in my opinion. Yeah, this is a lot of overhype for money. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of hype, but I feel like it also is kind of underhyped in some ways. Maybe like a lot of people just still a lot of people don't know about like OpenAI, GPT three, just how amazing accomplishment. Like these are some of the most cool accomplishments ever, probably that that's happening, but. Mm. So I, I think it's like that. That part's really cool, but yeah, there's definitely a lot, a lot of overhype. But yeah, I guess it just depends who you talk to. Where like some people literally think that it's just like right around the corner, going to like take over, and then like some people just don't really know much about it. But. Yeah, but I think it's also like you come from the perspective that you're also understanding what the limitations still are yeah. of GPT three. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you're able to appreciate where it is. Yeah. So okay, we can go back to this idea of that the AI is taking over, is going to take our jobs. Or what was the Andrew example of the truckers, right? Yeah. The self-driving, <laughs> okay, here we go. So the self-driving trucks are going to come, <laughs> and then all of the truckers are going to be out of a job, and and then they're going to become like, what, like computer program or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so right. like, why, why is this like not, not correct? I mean, basically what we were talking about earlier with, we need level five autonomy for that to kick. Yeah. So the idea that you're going to give a giant, like, well, how much is a truck weigh? Give a giant, you know, 18 ton. ton. Yeah. Monster. Yeah. You know, this giant, like kinetic missile, right? You're just going to turn it over (laughs) to a, to a like computer that doesn't really work to like say, yeah. But even if you did see that, see that happen and, and see that like come online, like even say you had that, like, you know, we live in, like, an economy, right? Dynamic economy. There's, like, many different types of jobs you can do. And, like, the, like the you know, the, the jobs available are, are changing, like, all the time. It's let's, not, yeah. Let's put it this way. If we're going to deploy, like, given the case that now we have this black box model that works perfectly, that's going to drive these trucks around the country super efficiently and get in very few crashes, there's going to be a bunch of jobs that will probably pop up around. Yeah that industry for like servicing these trucks and diagnosing the models and how they're doing like all these kind of like low level like 
you know, kind of jobs that normal people can do that's, like, it's not very technically hard. It's just that we need people there to, like, see what the, see what the trucks are doing, diagnose them, all this stuff. To, like, make sure that things are going okay. Yeah, like, there will be new jobs that, like, we can't even necessarily predict right now. But if you think back into, like, you can find examples of people saying this type of stuff, like, back from, like, Industrial Revolution, like, all times, whatever. And then, okay, so, okay, yeah, oh, no, like, the, the assembly line is going to take away my, like, craftsman job or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, like, maybe it did, but now there's jobs like massage therapists and, like, I don't know, like, like, like typewriter person, you know, or, or, or like, or like, whatever. And then there's a boutique industry for handmade stuff. Yeah. But there's like more types of jobs now than we could have ever, no one could have ever imagined a hundred years ago. And it's going to be the same a hundred years from now. Like, so the idea that we're going to lose, like, it's just a natural healthy part of like the economy, just like adapting to like yeah. different conditions and like being more efficient. So, um, and another that point, ultimately makes our lives easier so we can focus on other things. Exactly. To work on. Exactly. And it's like, it makes, it takes away like the menial, like unpleasant natures of some like jobs. And then like allows people to have like better, like more like enjoyable jobs. So it's, it's just really like a net positive all around. But yeah. So like, and another point is that if you look at sort of automation over time right automation is kind of at an all-time high now compared to the past like 100 years right like automation is just sort of continually increased mm-hmm. and what has happened to uh to unemployment and like labor force participation do we have like extremely do you see a correlation where over 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 the, the decades like labor force participation goes down and down and down and down and down to like a very low level now like n- no right like, it's it's yeah it's it's at, there's definitely jobs that are taken though there's definitely disruptions yeah. because of it yeah there's like changes but like that's just kind of like a, a in my opinion thing. at least that's a large part of you know like the populist movements that were somewhat behind bernie sanders and especially behind trump right is yeah. people losing their jobs to automation and kind of globalism but like mostly just blaming it on globalism yeah i don't think i don't Other really believe that's like an actual cause of like so you disagree yeah i think there's like different reasons for like yeah, like, rise of populism and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think it's very well explained with that, and there's, like, other factors, but... Well, I think there's definitely other factors, but maybe we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> Can you not a political podcast? For, for now, <laughs> at least. But, but, like, point being, so this, like... I guess we are political, right? With Andrew Yang, so... This idea, this, <laughs> this idea of we need to give everyone a universal basic income today because the uh, robot truck drivers are coming and no one's going to have a job tomorrow is just, like... So completely like not. And the not robots the case. are going to be serving you at McDonald's. Because it's just not. It's just having like robots that do jobs like humans do. Like even if you think of like Amazon warehouse, right? Like, like like packaging packages or putting stuff away or whatever. Like they can't even really get that going. Much less at a level that's actually economically more cheaper than like hiring a, a person. And, yeah. and so it's like. It's yeah, right now. Yeah. Probably will eventually. Not soon. Yeah. But, like, there's... Yeah. There's kind of, like... So, so, if you think in terms of just, like, jobs, like, there's going to be other jobs available, and then that's not even taking into account just, like, the mass productivity benefits of automation, which is just, you know, literally just allows us to have an access to, like, such a great, like, selection of just, like, cheap stuff. Yeah. Just very of, like, fast. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like, you know, if we, if we want this, I, I totally understand where you're coming from because, you know, if we want like this massive logistics network that's able to get so many goods to us quickly and cheaply and that system inherently kind of like works a whole bunch of people to death, uh, it'd be, it's better for like humans as a whole to have robots replace with that menial job that people don't really want to do. Yeah. Know. I think I'm, uh, we're all supposed to say, like, obligatory, like, all the opinions expressed here are not uh, our employers, whatever, whoever they are, just <laughs> there's our own opinions, but, but yeah, so, like, like you just said, like, if you have automate, like, like, kind of crappy jobs, like, being a, a truck driver, it's, like, not, you know, it's, like, a very hard job, right, being automated away, like, that's a really good thing, that means that, like, in, you know, in terms of these essential functions of society, like, transporting goods across the country, now, robots can do that instead of people and the people can do stuff that's like just like i don't know like a, a more enjoyable job like being a truck driver or, or the other one with like 2016 like coal miners oh no the coal miners are out of a job it's like those are some of the hardest most like miserable jobs that exist you know it's like the, the fact that they're going away it's like it's like, well, it's a, like there's, a, there's a there's a reason why the coal jobs didn't really come back yeah exactly right? no Is one, that like, because nobody wants yeah. to do the original way of coal mining before all the machinery that required a shit ton of people to just go into yeah. the mines yeah. and you know get black lung and kill yeah. themselves and mine all day down in the dark yeah you know, there's, there's so many you know much machinery and also terrible ways for the environment that we're we're mining in order to you know get that get what we need cheaper and more efficiently yeah so like machinery. yeah like reading like like george orwell road to like Wigan Pier large part of that is just describing how he's like going coal mining it's just like the most crazy like horrible thing that you can like job yeah it's just like so much harder than like whatever jobs like we have like today mm -hmm. so yeah so the fact that like this this kind of economic progress is actually like very like yeah very it's like, like for the truck drivers I'm sure there's people that you know love to drive trucks I like to drive right yeah uh personally but it's like you know by getting rid of that job and by having a machine do that then people those people don't have to be as far away from their families nearly yeah. as much throughout the year yeah and hopefully can transition to being more like technicians yeah and like there, there's like the other thing is that this idea that there's like not enough low-skilled jobs or like because the, there there's a huge demand for like tons of job like plumbers like electricians like all that kind of stuff like there's tons of yeah. Of possibilities it's yeah so it's go like trade school yeah so like it's yeah i don't really see the, the point of like if oh you really don't want to go to college just go to trade school yeah and you're you're, you're like the, the ai robot plumber is really just not not quite going to be there like the <laughs> toilet is still going to break down no matter how good ai gets and, like, <laughs> yeah but yeah so i guess like the, the is anybody working on that the, the <laughs> i mean maybe some people are like analyzing like <laughs> you know like like plumbing uh, samples or like stool samples to see like but I, don't I wonder know. who could be doing that yeah but but like so overall like the point is that we kind of underrate like our brains and just how like crazy complicated the stuff our brains do just automatically so just something like moving our hands around moving around the world mm -hmm. identifying objects walking around those are just incredibly hard problems for like a computer or robot to solve and just doing it in a natural way right yeah Cause it's like you can every single like variable i don't know like your movement you can like treat that as like an axis in some high dimensional space yeah and then like you know you have 
one position, right, is like a point in that high dimensional space, and then like another position for your arm or body is like another point. Yeah. And then finding like the efficient path. Yeah. Through that is one thing, but finding the correct path. Yeah. For the actual movement is yeah. another. So that's why, like, I guess Boston Dynamics is like super cool. But if you look at like pictures of, like humanoid robots, and they just like look so weird and like can't do it, it's because it's like walking is just like a really really hard problem. Not to mention like running. And we just do it naturally, 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 effortlessly. So we think it's like totally easy, but it's just because we just evolved these crazy powerful automatic systems processes. that we don't even like understand. Yeah, completely yeah. There, we don't have to think about it. It's just a part of our brain that we're barely even conscious of. Yeah, and the brain is doing these like unbelievably complicated computations, just like without even really noticing. So. Yeah. What other topic? Do we have? <laughs> Could have made, we could have made like a brainstorm list, but... We could. Oh, I feel like part of the problem is we also get a little political when we have conversations <laughs> sometimes. I mean, we started it away pretty well, so... so. Andrew Yang is like no longer a candidate, so I think it's fine. <laughs> We're not interfering with any elections. <laughs> Donald Trump not coming back anytime soon, hopefully. Oh, God. Where, where else do we see like AI being like applied in like society today <clears throat> hmm. 